0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Paddle Pod, and we got an episode for you today. I am going to be joined by none other than Canada's most decorated canoeer. I'm not talking about Steve Giles, I'm not talking about Tom Hall, Mark Oldershaw, all the respect in the world, but folks, we're talking, of course, about Laurence Vincent LaPointe. Poirier Riviere's finest and Canada's world champion, and she is a true superstar, and we are delighted to have her here on Lake Bannock training in advance of the 2019 World Championships. So without further ado, I'm going to poke and prod and get all the tricks on what it k- takes to be a uh, world champion, and maybe we'll hear a few insights onto you know, some other fun, fun little tidbits. So without further ado, Laurence, welcome on to the Paddle Pod.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, we are very pleased to have you here. So, thus far, you um, have been training here on Lake Bonak. I understand you had a time control this morning with a couple of Sonobi's finest canoers.
1: Yes, I did. Uh, I was joined on the water with uh, uh, by Peter Lombardi and uh, Ian Carew. So that was uh, that was a blast. I really loved it.
0: Very good. And uh, you you came out with a, a silver medal.
1: I did. I did. Sadly, I got beaten. Um, but, you know, that was a good one.
0: <laughs> it's not every day you can say you, you beat a world champion. So it's been a whirlwind couple of years. And, uh, you know, we're delighted here at the ADCKC to welcome in all of our national teams. Um, how's the experience been training on Lake Binoc, uh through this past couple of weeks?
1: Um, I actually love it here. It is it is a really, really good environment. Feels like I can do my best and give really what everything i've got um i love it i agree like I, am, I must say weather has been not the best but i guess you know this is nova scotia you have ups and ups and downs and you know it, it's gonna get better
0: and it, if i'm not mistaken i want to kind of take people back to where you started um you are fairly used to paddling on perhaps not the best water Maybe give us, tell us kind of how you got involved in the sport and where you started.
1: Um, I am. I mean, my club, Trois Rivières Canoe Club, is a, uh, you know, we have the reputation of having the worst river. Uh, so, so much current and so much waves and everything. It's a, a little uh, whirlpool where we battle. It's always, you know, there's no two strokes that are the same or even balanced. They're just, everything is just a mess. So, I mean, learning how to paddle on that kind of water was quite quite a challenge. Um, yeah, I must say, after a full two years of falling in the water every single day, um, I managed when I was a kid, you know, after those two years, that was the first time I ever finished one practice without falling in the water. So. Right.
0: And so, so what, what's your first memory paddling?
1: Um, literally being in the water every single minute of the day i mean i was a, i was at the club and i would fall in maybe 15 20 times per practice and i just remember one of my coach being like you know what? i think you invented uh, a new discipline diving canoe <laughs> i was
0: like <laughs> no <laughs> yeah yeah i um, don't want to do that so so what made you stick with it What? how did it what did you fall in love with that kept you coming back to diving canoe eventually to become, you know, a canoe world champion?
1: Um, to be honest, I'd say at first it was not exactly love at first sight. It was more more, um, just frustration and also like I did not want to lose to a boat. I didn't want to fail staying in a boat. I wanted to master staying in it. Um, that was just my, my goal. I mean, for two years, every single day, I would end up in the waters. It was like, I'm, I am i am going to stay in that boat. That's all I wanted to do. That's every day. Every day I would come, fall in the water, leave the club so mad, just so frustrating, <laughs> throwing my paddle and just like stomping off. And then the next day I would come back and try again and try again and try again. And it just... it was not you know i didn't do it because oh my god i love canoeing so much i was doing it because i want to do this i want to really i want to succeed at staying in my boat and then after that like when i finally managed it was the uh, my the weekend of my birthday and i don't know that was like somehow like a little clicking for me to really be like I love this. Yeah, yeah. I I love it. I do.
0: That's so awesome. And so, just for in case for people who are picking this up, uh, it, I'm speaking with Laurence Vincent Lapointe, uh, Canada's top female canoeer and world champion for how many times now? I should know this right 13. off the Thirteen. Thirteen times world yes. champion. Imagine being able to say those words. That's pretty darn cool. Um, so, w- what point did it kind of? Click for you. I know you. You've won kind of at every stage, but at one point did it click, and you were like, "Hey, I'm actually pretty darn good at this."
1: Um, somehow, I never really thought when I started. I didn't think, you know, I didn't know the Olympics were not there. Were not even open for women's canoe. Of I didn't course. know world championships were not a thing. I I started to be with my friends. Um, I continued because I did not want to stop, and. At one point, people were telling me, like, you know, you might be better doing another sport. You're never gonna master this. Hmm. <laughs> I was, I was maybe, you know, I was not believing in this, but I, it was kind of, not, the sport for me for, at first. But then when I started getting my balance right and, like, I'm so tall. And people knew those those who believed and in for me. Our,
0: for our listeners that haven't seen you in person, you are how tall exactly?
1: Uh, just under six feet. Okay. But for a woman, Probably just it's
0: under <laughs> six feet, but a little taller than me, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so...
1: But for a woman, it's pretty tall. Um, but yeah, being so tall, the people who believed in me kept telling, you know, if you manage your balance, you're going to be good. And I didn't even think about that. But once I actually started getting better at balancing and technique, I did get better better pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it was just, you know, it just happened. It was not like...
0: How old are you at this point?
1: I must be like 16. I started when I was 12. So maybe like four years into it, right. I started, you know being better and getting results out of it. Sure. But it's, it was not it was not magic. Like, I remember being the first on during a race and falling a foot before the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've had those experiences where I was, like, doing great, and then my balance again killed me, just got me, got the best of me. Um, so it was not, like, magically I became the best. Mm-hmm. But after that, it was just working, 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 and it, it came to be, like, I... I got I improved really fast
0: mm-hmm, which is uh, you know it's a great lesson for our young paddlers I constantly during these podcasts uh, depending on what our listener account is pretend to, at least to myself that we're speaking to young paddlers and and one of the great parts and probably a real privilege I would expect in your current position is being able to speak to uh, young paddlers of all different backgrounds coming up but perhaps even more significant is the path that you're trailblazing for for women's canoe and and uh, you know i would say even you know leading the country in terms of our female athletes there's no one that can be higher than world champions so (laughs) you're right up there what what is that like what you know having this newfound platform does that stress you out or does it excite you and kind of what messages of your past do you pass down to those those young kids
1: um you know it excites me a lot, I'd say, because um, when I was a kid, not being the best athlete and having so much trouble, there was one person who really helped me out, um, figuring out why and what I was doing. And it was uh, Dave Frost. You might know yes, Dave. Yes, of course. Um, but he didn't do much. He would He would come on his time off, come on the water, and paddle right beside me and just wait for me and, and, and for, just, for
0: those sort of to jump in but for those that didn't know dave frost is of course uh, a teammate at your club but also an olympic canoeer in his own right you know yes. very successful yes, went
1: to two olympics really really good and he was basically my mentor when i started because he would just have the patience to be there for me and just give me tips and just wait for me like help me give me tips to steer but then do K like a thousand meters with me just to make sure that I was actually getting the tip. Right. Right. And he believed in me and I've come to realize and, and throughout my career that that is one of the most in, important things that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who actually believed in me and someone who showed me it could be done. And now that, you know, after all my, uh, world championships titles and everything, I believe that as a female athlete as a leader in my sport Mm -hmm. I can also be that person to some of the kids you know of course
0: and I I think you know I I don't want to um, especially from (laughs) a male position you know to tighten it only to the sphere of female athletes because you're you're an athlete you're not a female athlete right you're an athlete that has a platform for everyone to fall there just is that significance of the continuum of women's canoe, as you mentioned, not being in the Olympics and all of a sudden yeah. is. It's just kind of this cool trajectory that
1: yeah, you, you've sure. literally
0: lived it, right? For
1: sure. To me, I mean, if I can inspire uh, ladies all around the world to not only do canoeing, but to do anything they set their mind to. Mm-hmm. if If I can do that just by being myself and doing what I love, mm-hmm. that is amazing for me. Because I just want them to know that if you want to do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. you know you just just set your mind to it and just do it
0: that's so great yeah it's 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 pretty powerful you know it's often you come back to this and something i was kind of thinking about when you said that was um the word that jumped in my head was authenticity in in someone believing in you like sometimes and especially now where you're kind of traveling the world and racing you, you probably assess pretty quickly when someone's authentic with you or when perhaps there's different kind of motives or, or even just perhaps not as genuine a kind of a, yeah. a belief but when you give someone the gift of that authentic belief in what they're doing I'm sure it kind of gives you that much more confidence in, in a roundabout way I guess what I'm asking is was there a flip point where you began to feel more and more confident in yourself or like when you go into a race have you do you feed off of those people that are around you that kind of build you up
1: um so it's it's funny that you would mention that because throughout my career, at first, everything I could hear was women should not be doing this mm. women should not oh, no she's you know beginner's luck. there was no one else she's she's alone, that's why she wins. I've heard that so many times, and then you know. During my first World Cups and then my first World Championships, I started hearing once in a while a, a, someone come to me and be like, You know, I'm impressed. Didn't know women's could do that. And some people will say like, what? That's so sexist. Like women could not do that. No. In a For me, in a world where no one thought women's could do that, The fact that people come and tell me that, yes, they've seen it now and they realize it is possible, for Mm -hmm. me, it was such a big, you know, it was, everyone was a big step, even Mm -hmm. if it was just Mm -hmm. one person or two people. And then now, nowadays, it's, you know, whenever I go to world championships, I'll see, like, a bunch of people, not, you know, they don't all come up to me, but sometimes, like, male coaches from different countries like Serbian coach will come up to me and be like, I'm impressed. You know, I, I have athletes and, and I show them videos of you and wow, this is amazing. This is really good. And then I will have sometimes some female canoers or female athletes come up to me and be like, you made me want to do this. Wow! And when they tell me that it's like, wow, it's like, you know, our sport was not even there for females and now there are people who are inspired by what i did to start and do it and just kill it and
0: riding a whole new wave yes yes
1: so for me this is like immeasurable immeasurable it is Mm -hmm. just so Mm -hmm. great
0: i i hope (laughs) it's conveying like you know i'm getting goosebumps just hearing (laughs) this which is so cool i want to kind of shift if we could I'm kind of getting the emotional and mentality side of your what you call a heavy competitive streak, and kind of that that has really blossomed in your career. What does the physical training look like? What are the you know as you look at the next two years? What are the things you're really honing in on right now to keep getting better?
1: Honestly, it's it's just keeping up with what I've been doing in the last few years. Um, I've had a big change uh, after 2015 where, you know, I didn't do my, I, I didn't do the best. I thought I could do at the time I came forth. And then after that, there was a year of reflection of figuring out, am I doing what I want to do? And then after that, like in 2017, well, in twi- 2016, I was taking more rest, being at home and everything. Mm-hmm. But then I figured out, yes, that's what I want to do. And s- from that point on, I started working really, really hard. Um, so what
0: was you know that's a big what was the moment that you realized hey this is what I want to do um, or was it it just the time off that was needed it was
1: just I think I needed the time off but also in 2015 when I lost it was such a big thing for me because before then I had been racing because I was good I liked it but I was doing I kept doing it more because I had been doing it before it was like more continue continuing what i was doing rather than getting into a new race every single time and you know hit it head on as if it was a new race it was Mm -hmm. more like i've done it before i'm gonna do it again just and i think that was partly my fault but there was also so much expectation from people around me just being like oh we know you, you're gonna kill this you're gonna win for sure you're world champion you're gonna win and mm. that was so hard for me that was almost as hard as people who could tell me i couldn't do it
0: it's almost slowly as well the field is getting better and better because you're paving yeah. this path and, then and people
1: might not have realized at the time but being told that every time kind of brought down the value of what I was doing of course it just felt like oh I'm doing it of course I'm doing it Uh it didn't feel like I'm doing it it didn't feel like I'm proud of being able to do it again it felt like
0: there's almost expectation rather than the excitement of the opportunity to
1: yes and after that it was so hard for me I came fourth Ford is not a bad place at Worlds. No. But for me, it felt like such a failure. It felt like I was not even sure of my value again. As a person, I was just like, what's my value? Like, Am I even doing this for good reasons and everything? And it was really hard in the months following that. Uh-huh. So for a few months, I had trouble, you know, had nightmares of like getting late to my races and everything. And I was just like, what's wrong? And then I figured out I was not doing it For myself.
0: Okay, your 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 intrinsic motivation was kind of off, not not aligned or something.
1: Yeah, it just I've been growing not exactly in line with myself, and I did not get the right mental preparation, everything. So.
0: And you felt the physical (laughs) effect from that too. Oh
1: yes, oh yes. I mean, in 2015, physically, I was probably ready, but my head was not there. I felt I wasn't ready I didn't trust in my training program at the time didn't feel like I was ready but probably if my head had been there I would probably have one I, I I'm sure I could have it's just I was not there
0: yeah yeah so so to, to, <laughs> not to, to jump away from your story but are you ready now?
1: I do think so. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's a loaded question, but (laughs) I look, I I look at you and I say, you're ready. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think so because I realized that I regretted because I felt like I didn't do everything I could. Interesting. And mentally, that was really really tough for me because you know if you fail because you didn't do exactly what you could have done, Mm -hmm. there that's hard to deal with.
0: I've always found that to be an interesting question in a sport that there's no because the sport of canoeing it's an infinite scale on like really tiny amounts that you could get better and better so yeah there is almost no end point to that kind of conversation because I, everything is, is expands over time yeah. too
1: i agree but the thing is in my case doing everything i could do was not only training more but also being more intelligent of how should i rest how should I recover to get better in my other trainings? And that was a lot of fiddling and mm. finding the right spot. But in that year of 2016, where I couldn't go to World Cups because I was in uh, summer school, I had summer classes right. and I had lost the year before and everyone thought I, might, I must have retired. She's disappeared. And I was just in school. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just reflected: Do I still do that for the good reasons? Am I still in love with my sport? And then in the fall, there was I, I, I had a, a someone come to to my house to train with the club, and we were asking uh, that person, and it, I just could see someone training for themselves, mm-hmm. and I got really inspired. I was like, you know what? I can also train for myself. I can do it because I love it, not because. Expectations are placed on me, right? Right. And I just decided to to get more, you know, not more serious. I was serious, but just do it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it just I decided, you know, to take some time off from school. Before that, I didn't. I never really wanted to take time off. I believed that I had to do all my school schooling, like studies and everything. So in twenty fifteen, uh, twenty seventeen, sorry, I decided, you know what i'm gonna do this for myself okay take some time out from school
0: and did you have a rigid plan at this point you jumped into it and you said okay i'm gonna do it right here's my plan to to kind of weed out the stuff that used to make it not for me
1: not exactly it was more about doing it because i loved it okay not as an optimism automatism not doing it just because i have to but because i want to of course i'm so just curious just, if you yeah. if
0: you planned it in a way that
1: not i kind of
0: steered you in the right alignment
1: no I, I i was following my coach's training and it just feel like the way i was doing the training was for myself it was mm-hmm. just the way i approached the training because my coach did have a good training plan right it was not a bad training plan so i just decided to do For real, Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind
0: of. (laughs) Folks, we're going to take just a quick break here for our uh, advertisement and uh, our sponsor of today's podcast. And when I come back, we'll be uh, continuing our conversation with world champion Laurence Vincent Lapointe. Folks, today's episode is brought to you by Made With Local, a proud sponsor of the Atlantic Division Canoe Kayak Canada. Made With Local are healthy, delicious, nutritious snack foods from granola bars to instant oatmeal with, as they quote, no weird stuff. So if you are in need of something healthy to kind of integrate into your snacking uh, behaviors or hiking or in the summer season, if you're out there and need a little something to keep you going madewithlocal.com m-a-d-e-w-i-t-h local local, l-o-c-a-l.com check it out and uh, make sure you give a sample my personal favorite is the uh, coconut dark chocolate coconut in the dark but uh, I'll let you make up your own mind and now back to the episode folks I am still here with our our champ Laurence Vincent Lapointe and I gotta ask before we kind of keep going um 2018 you did the double you did c2 and you did c1
1: i did um, and
0: c1 yeah how many uh, so, how many how many total no so
1: 2017 i did the double
0: 2017 and you did the double 2018 18, did, i did triple because tri- of the 5k 5k because uh, of the
1: 5k <laughs> okay so
0: <laughs> what, a, what a season so what is it like doing that you bounce between both like obviously you have a, a teammate and uh you guys are, are world champions together and you're also um pushing one another and now you have all these also single world championship medals three times gold amazing yeah. uh how do you leave a world championships? Like, what do you do? Do you go to Disneyland? Or what What did you do afterwards?
1: <laughs> afterwards, um, afterwards, I just come back, do the national championships with people from my club. That's that's like a really good time for me. Cool. Um, you know, coming back and doing stuff with people you don't see often. But what's that's... your favorite
0: race at nationals? <laughs>
1: Uh, C1 200, the. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I love all of them.
0: Were there any fun club uh, races with like crew boat races with other kids at the club you get to go on to?
1: I. I we did do. We... Did do some C4. That was fun.
0: That's some C2s fun. also. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and also the work and work and it was crazy. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Our club championships for our listeners outside the regular sphere is uh, all the clubs across Canada compete. Uh, it bounces around five different kind of regions throughout uh, throughout. And anyway, it's very exciting. This year hosted in Regina at the end of August, so that should be very very exciting. Um, Laurence, so we we're, we're, were you, you did nationals and i know that you did pan ams for a day and then you also flew off to china and raced it <laughs> over there correct
1: correct yes and
0: and in russia as well
1: i yes in russia as well all within a week
0: okay <laughs> wow and th- that was a pretty cool experience so tell us about the champions cup what that what that's like
1: um it's really really fun so what happens is that icf the international canoe federation decided to start try a different format where they get the top, let's say top eight plus four um, people to race. So top 12 of each discipline and just racing for, yes, for money, but racing for fun with each other. It's it's really, really fun because um, it's not as diluted and it's not as crazy at world as world championships. You get to be there with... Uh, basically 47 other crazy good athletes some of the best in the world in their discipline right and instead of you know being like separated because during world championships we don't interact with countries and everything it's just like a bunch of us being together and having a good time and just racing against each other but
0: who was the the most interesting athlete you got to know that wasn't in your uh, like regular influence or people that you would see normally that you got to hang out with
1: I I'd say someone I was not expecting to be as he is is uh, uh, is uh, Fernando Pimenta, probably. Okay. Just like this. they Portuguese yeah. K one world champion. Yeah. Yeah. The K one world champion. I was expecting him to be, a, you know, a little bit um, too proud of himself, kind of, you know, just like very not snobby, but kind of maybe. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And he was just just crazy ball of energy, just so fun to talk with and just be you know, all ar- around. So that was, that was, I was surprised. That was, that was really fun. And cool. I also spent so much time with the canoe ladies from all around the world. Right. I mean, that was just formidable. It
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so there was, uh, it would be an eight in each discipline. Is that right? 12, 12 in 12 each.
1: Total, yeah. 12 total. 12 total for each
0: discipline. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Um, okay. So I want to go into a little rapid fire just to mix it up here. Go we'll go quick questions and we'll go at it. So, Uh, First, I want to know, uh, what song would you use to pump yourself up if you needed to go to just one song?
1: Um, These days it's Queen Don't Stop Me Now.
0: Queen Don't Stop Me Now. What's your guilty food pleasure?
1: Uh, Ice cream or slushies. Slushies. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I'm craving sugar right now. Uh, (laughs) I go get myself a slushie. uh, Favorite book? favorite book uh right now i say the wheel of time series it's like a 14 book series but it's okay amazing. very good. cool
0: podcast i know this answer is uh i think i know this answer it's
1: a little bit un- inappropriate inappropriate but it is uh all right
0: my, earmuffs junior listeners
1: it is my dad wrote the porno
0: my dad wrote a porno wow yes. okay <laughs> very good what about pastime what do you do to take your mind off of tiling if you need go to to relax
1: I, I really like working with my fingers, so these days I, I'm into sewing.
0: <laughs> okay, very cool. Yes. What um, What's one thing that people ha- would never know about you?
1: Uh, um, I did synchronized swimming.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Proudest achievement in synchronized swimming?
1: Oh, uh, I was really, really good at figures. I was like... Draw the best in my province for figures. Okay. You know? <laughs> um,
0: what's your favorite part about canoe racing?
1: My favorite part about canoe racing, it just feels great. it just feels so good once you're done Uh (laughs) before the race you're so nervous it just feels the worst but then once you're done so what do you
0: this is is a great you know i'll I'll pause for just a second what do you do to take your mind off being nervous because this is something i'm sure a lot of these kids you know as races start to get more tight and you have smaller margins for error what what do you do to take your mind off of the nerves
1: there are different approaches to you know Getting rid of the stress or just not getting rid because you're gonna get rid of the stress. Everyone's stressed all the time for any reasons um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really someone who likes to interact with people and let, Listen to music and stuff, but I don't you know, I don't just sit myself in the corner listening to my music I actually start dancing. Okay. I found out that dancing could also be my warm-up so I'm just in the middle of the boat bay talking to people and just start dancing like you know on maybe Queens Don't Stop Me Now or something okay, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. I, just,
0: <laughs> I like to do
1: that that's like how I best get rid of not get rid of but just di- temper di- down di- my, my my stress
0: okay that's yeah. very very cool <laughs>
1: people look at me, me very weirdly yeah,
0: yeah. Um, what, what's your biggest challenge canoeing what, what do you have the most trouble with?
1: Um, if you're talking about when I started, balance for sure. Today. If today, I'd say my biggest challenge was really overcome that that feeling of not doing it for the right reasons. Okay. That 2015 um, decision of you know, well, losing and then feeling better. I'd say that that's the best thing that could have happened to me in my career. Mm-hmm. Losing, but to come even stronger back.
0: Um, if you were traveling outside of your canoe equipment, what's one thing that you couldn't travel without?
1: Um, sadly, I would say my cell phone, just because it's so useful and then I have money with my cell phone and everything. But, you know, it's kind of boring answer. Uh, I'd say my dog. Yeah? <laughs> I just love my dog so much. What kind of dog do you have? It's a Shih Tzu.
0: A Shih Tzu? <laughs> what's yeah. the name of the dog? Yuki. Yuki. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, look proudest moment to date
1: um coming back
0: coming back coming back and
1: being oh no i okay coming back but still be the world champion after almost 10 years wow that is my proudest moment because like you've mentioned earlier the feel has been improving consistently every single year and and sometimes i'm flabbergasted because i'm thinking about you know what I might have been the first. Lots of people said it. I was the first for sure. And now looking back, I'm like, they were not completely not right because I was on. There was not a lot of competition, so I was the first. But then, still.
0: Because your first world championship is in 2010, correct? Yes. Yeah. It was the first time. In technically, it officially. was the first official yes. world championship, so you could claim that if you wanted to.
1: I was the first. <laughs> you
0: know, there's there's many yeah. <laughs> as you know, many female canoeers have have. Uh, you know led the way in the yes. grassroots and such oh, but, no, but true not, but grassy. truly you would yeah. be the first official world champion
1: yes yeah, right. yeah. we have um, we have
0: our when we did a demo sport here on lake binok obviously for our listeners 2009 was the introduction at the world championships on lake binok of both the para class and also women's canoe mm-hmm. it would have been c1 uh 200 and c2 500 the same as the current I'd have to go back and look at that to be exact.
1: For sure C1-200. For
0: sure it was I'm there, yeah. i not sure yeah. about this yeah. too. And we had a couple of champions from this region, Jenna Marks and Maria Jalavresos. And my memory fails me, but some pretty cool thing. But yeah, you would officially <laughs> <Yeah>. be. 2010 <laughs> yeah, would be the, the first.
1: The official, yeah. Um, but just, just seeing that, you know, uh, what were the chances mm-hmm. that after all those years, not only would I would I have been the first but I still am the best
0: well I can tell you the odds are against you <laughs>
1: I know I know and that's why I'm so surprised sometimes I'm just thinking of wow how could I have known that uh-huh. I would be that person that's crazy cool that's what I think that's what I'm most proud of
0: what are you most excited about next year or are you even there yet
1: yes and no I'm I'd say I'm super excited for the Olympics. You know, I I'm not there yet, but I I believe I can be there. I believe I can be the first woman to win a gold medal at the Olympics. I do believe that. Um, but what I'm most about, excited next year for sure the Olympics in my career knowing just how fast I can go. I'm awesome. so excited. I, I never know what's my, what's my limit? What's truly my limit? I don't know.
0: This is pretty special thing to be able to <laughs> challenge yourself to your absolute limits and and, yep. and and then almost prove yourself wrong by breaking through your expectations Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember a few years back. I was talking with uh, um Thomas senior mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Budai senior and He was telling me I think at the time I had done 46 seconds and he was like you're for sure gonna be 43 seconds in your career and I almost laughed in his face. I was like that's impossible. That's impossible and i unofficially did 43 seconds point 9 last year in a time control for sure by myself you know
0: it's different <laughs> but yeah. If, yeah. if i
1: did it once even though it was by myself you pr- you I prove think to I yourself the possibility yeah. yeah and it's so it's so crazy. <laughs> so, so
0: on that note, because I mentioned earlier, we like to talk to the other athletes than listeners. And athletes, you know, is a term we use for kids that are five and masters that are seventy-five. What advice from your unique position do you have to give to to these listeners?
1: I'd say, if someone, anyone, tells you that you should not do something or that you cannot do something, but you've set your goals onto it. Just don't listen to them. and Just do it. Just do what you want to do. It's that, that's all it takes for you to believe in yourself. Just do it.
0: Just do it and, yeah. and, and learn through doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you might fail. You might fall down. Mm-hmm. But if you step and come back and just do it again you're going to succeed somehow.
0: Mm-hmm. And you I, I believe in the, that. I think there's some truth too in, in a virtuous failure, yeah. almost in a way no. that's not a failure. If you, <laughs> if you lose by truly doing your best and proving to yourself yeah, and answering that question, it's it's a super worthwhile yeah.
1: act. I think you can only grow. Not, you cannot grow if you only have success. Mm-hmm. You can only grow if you also get falls sometimes, but if you get back up. Because mm-hmm. if you never, never get back up from one fall, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's when you stop learning. That's when you stop improving.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, for our listeners, uh, we've talked a little bit. You've had amazing successes. You've proved to yourself that you want to keep doing this. You seem like you're dialed in and excited about the future, which is so exciting. You're doing both singles and doubles races. We have mentioned earlier Katie Vincent, your partner, and uh, you know the whole canoe women's team as well as the entire Team Canada. You know you're you're a great leader on that squad. Um, where, where do our, where do our listeners follow you? If they want to follow the Laurence Vincent Lapointe journey, how do they, how do they follow along?
1: They, they can probably, they, they can go on Facebook. Uh, I'd say my Facebook and my Instagram are pretty, uh, solid to follow what I do. And so, what's,
0: what's their, what's our handle?
1: They're both Laurence Vincent Lapointe.
0: Okay, very good.
1: And one is my... So in Facebook, it's my athlete page. And my athlete page gets, you know, the updates. Also gets posts from my mom because she's like... Your mom's right in there. (laughs) My mom is like... She knows everything. She knows the schedule for the Olympics next year, <laughs> and wow. I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't really don't want to think about she's that. A, she, she's
0: on the admin side for
1: you. She, oh, she knows everything. Okay, so cool. She That's usually, a good thing. To have. She, she usually posts on my Facebook. So if people, uh, if people follow that
0: they'll know awesome well thank you so so much Laurenz. you thank know you we're too. obviously uh, super proud of what you're doing and super excited to be hosting you here at the atlantic division on lake Benook and uh, very excited for all the things to come but of course super proud of everything you've accomplished uh, to date so folks you've been listening to the paddle pod Uh, i'm your host andrew russell olympian we'd love to hear from you send your feedback to andrew at adckc.ca you heard from Laurence? follow along at her facebook page or her instagram account you can either hear from her mom or from her and uh, you can check us out with the adckc at adckc also facebook instagram twitter all those good spaces or visit our website at adckc.ca Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening, and uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, share it with somebody who you think you might also benefit. Laurence had a a lot of really awesome uh, stories, but also there's some fairly worthwhile tidbits in there too. So thanks a lot for listening, and uh, until next time, uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you before you know it. Take care.